Trading Nut, episode 151. Everything has a cost, and it comes back to the biggest cost. It's time. You know, you'll see traders spend, throw years and years and years at this, and they'll make a couple of thousand dollars. It's like your average, you know, hourly rate is like $2 an hour. It's like, go and play golf, mate. Go do something else. You know, like your time is one thing you can't get back. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders, welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we've got Steve roughly on the show for you. So this is a real treat, this guy has been through the entire industry, the trading industry from like fund manager to helping mentor individual retail traders to retail trading himself. So guys this is a real treat, uh, Steve has actually been out of the limelight for a while now so having him on the show is fantastic and on top of that He's giving you guys a chance to ask him questions, and we're going to release those in the future as well. So guys, after the show, if you've got some questions you want Steve to answer that are either personal to you or just a generic question that I don't ask in the show, then please drop it in one of the comments, send me an email, whatever it is. I'll make sure that we get a list of those questions that we can get Steve to answer, and I'll be dropping those on the channel in the future, so stay tuned for that as well. Now, the other things you're going to find out on the show are, like, how does Steve get 1,000 lot positions into the market? How does he manage those trades, get in and get out, along with a whole bunch more? So, guys, that's coming up in the show. Can't wait for you to listen to it. Now, before we get into it, just a couple of things quickly. One is Genius Trader is coming out soon. I want to get it out before the end of the year. Stay tuned for that. I should be recording a release episode on that coming soon. So this is going to help you trading in 2022. So guys, please stay tuned for the Genius Trader. Now, last but not least, before we get into the episode, uh, the December bot is about to hit the the Robot Lab, part of my Robot Builders Club. This is based on Heiken Ashi Candles. I'm going to do a video. I will release that video on the channel so you can find out how it works. But it's all based around the Heiken Ashi Candles. So if you're wondering how to potentially trade that, what may work in the future, then check that out. I'll be running some performance stats on that. We'll be putting on a demo account and seeing how it goes across the month of December 2021. All right, guys, so that's all coming up here on Trading Up, but for now, let's get on with the episode. Hey folks, my sponsors City Traders Imperium have just launched some amazing changes to their funded trader program you got to check out. You can now skip the whole evaluation, trade gold as well as Forex, plus they've increased the drawdown you're allowed in both the evaluation and when funded. With CTI, it's even faster and easier to reach up to $4 million in funding with a 50 to 70% profit share. Click the link in the description to find out what else has changed. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Steve Roughly here on the show, funnily enough, in New Zealand as well as me. So this is a rare occasion for me having someone who actually is based in New Zealand on the show. So welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you, Cam. Thanks for having me. Well, look, guys, if you don't know who Steve is, I probably would have given a bit of an introduction already, but um, this guy is not just an author of The Rough Guide to Trading, a presenter on FX Street. Uh, He's also, well, you've done a regulated fund manager. You've been a professional trader for 20 years. I mean, you are the the real deal in terms of, like, traders out there who are are willing to speak to the public. Um, So it's a pleasure to have you on, and today we're going to find out about your journey and then try and get as much information out of you as possible to to help everyone listening to the show or watching the show. So to start off with, Steve, how did you get into trading and where did it all start? Well, as always, there's a a funny story behind that. Uh, At the time, I was living in uh, Gibraltar, and uh, I was out for uh, an afternoon out down Porto Benus. There was... uh, a nice uh, set of Ferraris and uh, Lamborghinis and stuff knocking around, and I uh, just happened to, to bump into the guys that own them. And I was like, what do you guys do? And uh, they said, we're all traders. I'm like, that, that sounds good to me. I'll definitely want one of those cars. And uh, we had a few beers, a bit of a chat, and, uh, yeah, the, the rest is history. It turned out that um, that was um, Man Financial Trading, and they had an office uh, in, in Gibraltar that were taking traders on. So I did the whole kind of uh, apprentice-type thing. You know, I... Um, 
uh, went on this course, flew down to London, did the, did the course in the in the London office down there. It was about eight weeks, so me and ten guys um, that were you know kind of uh, all in this big flat in Earl's Court. So it was, a, it was a great old time, and I passed it and uh, got the money, got the backing, and that's how uh, I became a trader. And so, so what was the name of their outfit again? Uh, Mum Financial. Uh, they, yeah. they changed to Marix now. Right. Okay. And uh, and so so how did that journey sort of go in terms of like you know was it everyone that came on board there and went through the training became a trader or were you a little bit different or was it something you did that that might have like got you from A to B better than the the average man on the street? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a pretty wild time because they kind of done this course um, all over the place. So you've got, you know, people from all over the world, all in London, from different backgrounds. And again, it's, it's like a lot of things they taught us were nonsense, really. You know, we were learning about the Russell Index and, you know, lots of fundamentals, not so many technicals. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of basically like to weed the people out. You know, it's pretty intense. You know, you have to be re- reasonably intelligent, but... Uh, you know, I kind of passed that and I did it. And, you know, I, I, the thing for me is I just wanted it. I just wanted it. You know, I kind of, uh, before I ever was a trader, I worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers and I was uh, involved in placing the investments uh, for, for wealthy clients. So I'd already had a bit of a taste of the money and the big, the big, you know, kind of sums. And then when I kind of got this uh, opportunity to go trading, I was like, whatever it takes, you know, I'm, I'm in, you know, whip me as hard as you want and I'll just keep going. So, uh, yeah, I learned a lot of stuff that, that, that was really irrelevant. And that's really when later in life, uh, I offered, you know, my kind of mentoring and, you know, my kind of uh, software products, things that help traders actually help traders make money rather than just kind of trying to, you know, fill your head full of, you know, uh, you know, useless kind of science and, and facts. You know, the markets are constantly moving and, you know, your job is, is not really to be the smartest guy out there, you know, perhaps the opposite. You've got to control your emotions. So that's the main problem I have with a trader. I'd never had a, a problem making money from day one. It was keeping hold of it. <laughs> that was that was my problem. They never taught me that. I had to learn that myself. And so, so uh, I mean, can you give us some insight? And I know it's you know twenty years ago. <laughs> in terms of what what sort of stuff they were they were teaching you that that was useful because you talked about the Russell not being that you know yeah. too much information. I mean, the thing is, you know, it was a lot of um, you know how the kind of markets worked. They were looking at it, you know, much more institutionally. Which don't get me wrong, is important. You know, they're the guys with the money and move the markets, but. You know, we were trading, you know, scalping and, uh, you know, trading on TT, you know, just ladders like moving up and down. So they weren't really kind of teaching you how to marry that up with some charts, uh, how to kind of, you know, really, you know, use technical analysis, uh, which, you know, a lot of the courses you can pay for do that. And it was kind of, you know, it was run by a guy, an Indian guy called uh, Pranel, and um, he thought a lot of himself, but he was another failed trader. You know, them that can do, those that can't teach. So, uh, you know, he was running these courses and he was just out for a good time. And, you know, as I say, you know, it's kind of, it was a long time ago. And uh, for the last, probably last five years, what I've been focusing on is forgetting a lot of things I learned and uh, a lot of things I understand about economics because they ain't working anymore. I mean, you know, you look at we're in a world of, you know, real inflation's back. You know, we've pumped so much money into the economy and printed so much money. You know, the rules have changed, you know. There's no bad news for stocks, it seems, although we saw it off the last couple of days, but, you know, we're still, you know, hitting record highs regularly. And, you know, we're going to see real tests in the currency, you know, to who can shift on the interest rates and what impacts that are going to have, you know, globally. So, as I say, you know, it's kind of, you know, I think everyone kind of searches for this holy grail of trading, that there's something that just makes you a successful trader. And it's not, it's a journey. You know, you, you just, you have to sometimes know a little bit and not get too carried away with knowing everything because you almost get like snow blindness. You can't do anything because you think, you know, you don't know enough. You know, some of the best traders I've mentored are pretty straightforward people that, you know, can control their emotions and just do, the, you know, something that works repetitively over and over again. And I guess that's where my mentoring and just talking to traders, you know, really helps because it's somebody, you know, who's made every mistake in the book. You know, it's cost me, you know, I, I, getting rich quick, you know, it took me a long time to get rich, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't quick. And, uh, you know, certainly I've burnt a few accounts and uh, yeah, I've lost plenty of money, but, you know, at the end of the day, 20 years later, net, net and out, I'm up and, uh, and I'm winning. So, uh, you know, it's a journey. That's what I'd say, you know, the most important thing people need to learn about trading is it's a journey. It's a process. Hey, folks, just jumping in here now. This show is sponsored by Mudrix. Mudrix offers you three smart ways to make money from crypto. The first is coin sets, baskets of coins you can invest in based around themes and picked by experts. The second is algos. Choose from hundreds of robots that can trade crypto for you on autopilot. 
The third way is to create your own algos and tap into over 50,000 Mudrex investors. Click on my special referral link in the description below or the card above and get $25 when you join Mudrex today. And in terms of like no holy grail and the fact that these guys, you know, just trading off controlling their emotions is, is you know, a, a way to do it. I mean, how simple can you get in terms of being successful or how simple do you think you can get in terms of your approach to it and being successful? I mean, because I know a lot of people can easily overcomplicate this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's really knowing what what's moving, you know, and, and not necessarily why, but trading something that's moving. So you, there's, there's a couple of things that, you know, I kind of teach people to do. And it's um, you, you look for the market to, to, you know, consolidate and, you know, not gone anywhere for, a, you know, a certain period of time. And then it's going to move, you know, it has to move because if it doesn't move, people don't make money. So it's either going to break out. So you're either a breakout trader, you know, where it's going to go from, you know, a, a point to, to higher or lower and you get on that move. Now you're going to make more money from that move because when you look to the right of the chart, that's all blank. That's all unknown. The more you see on the charts, the more information you have, the less likely you are to make money out of it. So if you see a, a hundred pip, 15 minute candle and, you know, you can't quite understand why that happened. Yeah, you can sell it for maybe 10, 15 pips. That's all you're going to get because the market's shown you. So, you know, simple strategies like that, for instance, you know, a big overextended move uh, will generally retrace, you know, to some parts of the Fibonacci. I mean, my combination of identifying either a breakout or an overextended candle, which I call them, uh, using Fibonacci when I've picked the right top or bottom, I can usually get back to that 50%, 80% of the time. So that's good enough for me. That's good enough for any trader. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make money 80% of the time. What I've found is that I can make some money and, and take calculated risk within that uh, you know, scenario of trades. And net-net, you know, over a period of time, I, I always win. I mean, not, not you know, I sometimes win. I always win overall. And, and so, like, you, you talked about, you know, going from scalping the TT to, you know, with no technical analysis at this firm initially. I mean, you, you obviously moved into technical analysis with what you're saying now. I mean, how did... How did you make that shift? Was that something that you, you did yourself or was that something that you had a mentor or some other training for? Yeah, no mentor, really. I mean, you know, trading, you know, there are, there are a bunch of old women, really. You know, they, they all want to kind of, you know, know the latest thing and, and the gossip. And you've got to remember back in the day, you know, it, it, we didn't have what we have now. I mean, I use MT4 and, you know, people slated, but I love it. You know, it's easy to kind of, you know, configure how you want. It's easy to kind of, you know, get uh, all your EAs done and, uh, you know, make the screens look exactly how you want. We were using CQG uh, back in the day, and that was a good charting package. But, uh, yeah, no training. Uh, we were basically, uh, you know, learning what candlesticks were for ourselves, you know, the basics. I mean, even back in the day, I was using Market Profile because uh, that's what the old, old school traders were using. Uh, you know, like using market profile these days. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was the kind of thing that we all learned from each other, really. And it wasn't until, I would say, a good year into trading that I kind of switched my brain over to the kind of, you know, being a bit more technical and being a little less, you know, just, just trading, you know, basic movement. Uh, but, I mean, we just encouraged to trade ridiculously big size all the time. Uh, to be honest, it wasn't like it was a scam, but at the end of the day, you know, you didn't get paid to be a trader. And, you know, your desk fees when you're a professional trader are about £3,500 a month. So you've got to pay for everything. So they back you with the money and they take 50% of what you make. But then, you know, when you start adding that up, you've got to make £10,000, £15,000 a month just to cover costs and to stay in the game. So this is the difference, you see. You know, like when I, I'm teaching traders right now or I'm, I'm looking to myself and think, well, all I'm doing is paying a spread. I'm like, happy days. Like my internet's like... $80 a month. That's it. I'm good. <laughs> you know, I'm fine. You know, I'm set. You know, I can still make the same, if not more money than I used to, uh, you know, basically just, just trading like every normal retail trader does. I don't even do, you know, I have a, I have a you know, prime account and that kind of stuff, but really I just trade like everybody else because, <clears throat> you know, from a cost benefit, it's just, that's, that's it. This is the other thing. People like, you know, don't want to associate the cost, but there are costs with everything you do, any kind of business and paying the spread. That's just part of your cost. You know, you don't have all those fixed costs and you don't have all those other things, you know, kind of dragging you down because, you know, yeah, everything. You can have five screens, six screens, £1,000 a month. You can have Bloomberg, £800 a month. TT, £500 a month. Anything else you want? Yeah, like these feeds, you know, and it's like the edge you get from those things. You have to be trading massive size or being ultra aggressive, you know, or you're not going to make that money back. So, I mean, that was the days when I was up at six, uh, six o'clock in the office for 6.45, didn't leave till seven. I haven't done one of those days for 
18 years. So right. I, did, I did my time, and that's, that's not living to me. I probably trade, I don't know, five hours a week. It's interesting, like, I mean, you mentioned cost there, because nobody really talks about cost of trade on the show that I've had. Nobody's yeah. talked about the cost of trading. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, when, you, when you're sort of trading and or thinking about coming up with a, when you thought about coming up with a strategy and stuff, were you factoring in the cost of trading for that, the number of trades you're placing and, and uh, you know, I suppose if you're scalping a few pips, mm-hmm. how that affects the, the amount you're actually paying the broker and that sort of thing? Were you, do you factor it in and, and tell your, you know, clients that come through and, and want, want to get mentored how to factor in the cost of trading? Well, I'll tell you what, it's a really interesting point, actually, because, again, it was all a learning journey of, of seeing how other traders, you know, did it. And when you're in a professional environment, you know, we have people doing, you know, uh, you know, team trading oil people were trading you know very complex condors and uh you know different kind of spreading strategies uh that required a lot of size people were just out and out scalpers so there's a lot of things to kind of take on you know if you wanted to make the big money uh you know you had to have the big money so all the kind of you know spread traders you know they were doing multiple spreads you know had huge accounts and they'd taken years to get there if you wanted to make the kind of quick money like i did if you're a scalper in the dax trading big size you know, it's like a, a lunatic's market, and uh, <laughs> that, that kind of suits my personality. We did at the time, and uh, that's what I did. So, I mean, a lot of the things I did uh, from the costing uh, part of it, would, I learned what other people did. Listen, there's guys out there that you know uh, have rebate schemes from their broker, and they they can be a break-even trader, make no money, but still get paid a decent living by getting rebates. There's a lot of different ways to make money from trading, and it isn't just necessarily being sat there all day pressing the button. It's a business like anything else. So I factor in. I have rebate deals that you know if, if I uh, you know kind of trade X amount of size, I will get money back from the broker. But I'm big. You know, this is it. You know, uh, with your money comes power, and it always has done. So I, you know, uh, with Black Bull over here because mainly they're in New Zealand, the two hours away. You know, I was a chief market strategist of Interstrader for a decade in London, but then I was living all over the place, and that was that was handy. But I had my my own deals. So uh, yeah, when I was running my funds or doing my own trading, I always expected you know uh, a cut of their profit because I can take my money anywhere, and they knew that. So that that's how that works. So yeah, I mean it's. Um, there are lots of different, you know, ways, and that's what I say to most people when they're a trader. It's like, what, you know, what's your goals first of all? You know, what do you want to make? Because they, they always just tell me they want to be rich, and it's like it gets hard to kind of just go, oh, you want to be rich? Do you a green Lamborghini? Yeah, all right, mate. Okay, <laughs> now a little bit before we get to the green Lamborghini, mate, what do you want to do? What do you really want to achieve? And people, you know, really struggle answering that sometimes. Uh, you know, it's all about having achievable goals, and what might be a lot of money to, to some people is not a lot of money to others, and it's having that honest conversation with people. And yeah, again, one of these other things, as I keep saying, going back to your original question is, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to be sat generating a lot of you know, business for a broker? If you do, then you might get some money back. If you want to be a short term trader in and out, you know, then there's different things to look at. But everything has a cost and it comes back to the biggest cost is time. You know, you'll see traders spend throw years and years and years at this and they'll make a couple of thousand dollars. It's like your average you know, hourly rate is like $2 an hour. It's like, go and play golf, mate. Go do something else. You know, like your time is one thing you can't get back. And, you know, this is one thing I do say that's yeah, a little bit arrogant, but, you know, I'm not a billionaire in monetary terms, but I'm a time billionaire. You know, I, I, I really, you know, for a long, long time have not worked a full, honest day's work, nine to five, in, you know, the best part of 20 years. And that's because I learned not how to trade and make money from trading, I learned how the business of making money in trading works. And that's probably the biggest tip that people really should take, you know, um, because I, I started being backed by, you know, a big company. And then I just found someone rich. There's loads of rich traders around. Hey, you back me. And then the more money you have, the more money you make. And then you buy yourself out of your deal. Then you've got your own money. So instead of spending, you know, three or four years getting where you need to be, you know, it's the power of networking. That's it. You know, find somebody who's got more than you piggyback on their shoulders, learn a bit what they're doing, and then go out on your own. And that's that's what I did. It's, in, it's interesting. So we talked about cost, and now we're talking about time, which, I mean, the, the irony is, right, so these things almost uh, are, are all about not making money, right? Mm. So the cost you're spending and then the time is obviously what you're giving. I mean, how how critical is it? Or what, what advice would you give to a trader who's who's starting out now and, like, to try and get to a point where they're like, you know, the time is, is being optimized and they're not like wasting time mm-hmm. and they're therefore driving down the cost of their hourly rate, for example. I mean, you have to be prepared 
And, you know, you have to have a plan and you have to understand what you're doing. You know, a lot of traders flip between, you know, is this the latest strategy or should I be listening to this expert? What you need to be able to do is make your time count. And that makes, means making every pip count. So if you're not trading, you know, decent size, then you're going to have to, you know, use more of that time. You know, so many times, you know, people are looking, you know, to get the low of the market and sell the high. But you might be doing that, at, you know, a, 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 you know, one point a pip. So you've got to wait all day to hit the highs. I'm trading, you know, upwards of a thousand lots in a trade. You know, that moves quick. So, you know, what did I do? I mean, okay, seven or eight thousand last night, 14 minutes. That's it. In, out, done. Well, that's because I'm trading, you know, uh, in the DAX. I was trading some, you know, short uh, pound, which, you know, is again counted to what I think, but it, it looked weak, so I sold it. And, you know, you, you know, you make your money, you know, it's, uh, you know, you, I don't hesitate. You know, the thing is, if you're pressing that button, you know, you should never be fearful. I'll press that button until I get a margin call. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I think the trade's good. I'll keep going. I mean, I don't really, cause, uh, I've, I've got two bigger accounts to, to hit a, a margin call, but I, I, you know, I've been doing that trade once I'm in it a hundred percent, you know, and, uh, that's the way you've got to be, you know, you believe in your trade, you believe in what you're doing. And it's like, I want to get as much money into that market as quick as I can and then get it out because time is your enemy. Yeah. There's a big thing that when you're a trader that the people forget is that the market will offer you a chance to get out and it will give you a chance. Usually if you, if you write on the trade to make some, some money and there'll be an amount of money that you make. And it'll offer you that first time you think, should I take that? Should I take that? That's good. And by the time you thought about it, bang, you're down to zero or offside. And then you've mm. got to wait again for that trade to build back up. And it might go to make some more money, but then you've wasted that time again. You've wasted that effort. I always take money off the table. You will never see me giving away money because I'm always waiting for either monetary amount or a level to be hit. And I'm out before that. And yet the trade could go on infinitely another 10 20 30 100 pips doesn't matter i've done my job i've banked my money i'm a trader i'm a scalper i'm in and i'm out if i still think the trade's good i can go again but the most criminal thing the average retail trader does is leave money on the table you know it's criminal mate yeah i I, i've heard that from uh someone else and yeah, that seems to be the big thing, right? The big thing is like, whereas, you know, a lot of guys are posting on whatever Instagram or Telegram and going, look, I've got this, you know, one to 10 hour trade, mm. yet all the other ones that they get stopped out on or whatever, or, or don't go to one to 10 hour, it looks great, but one to 10 hour doesn't pay the bills. It, so, it no. yeah, so on that, you mentioned 1K lot, right? So you put 1,000 lots on. How on earth do you put 1,000 lots on? Is it one order or do you like segment that or how does that look yeah i mean it's always averaging so i mean i'm a realist a pessimist some might say uh, i'm expecting that first trade i put on to be you know wrong i almost like i want the pain i want you know because that's really what you're always doing is the more pain you take the more you know you're going to get out because i know i'm mentally stronger you know i've got a good account and this kind of stuff so i'm looking for the market to say right yeah everyone's looked at everything all the technical analysis, this piece of information, this news. So I'm going to buy the DAX. That's the perfect trade, isn't it? And it's just like, yes. So we all do it. And it goes immediately against us. I'm like, good. Right. Let's, let's get the weak people out. Come on. I want more of this. I want more pain. So, I mean, you know, you can only clip, uh, you know, 100 lots of time. So I generally start out at, at clips of 40, go to 80. And then I'll just do double clips. And I'll just keep, you know, just keep pressing. So it's like as it goes to, to levels of interest and, you know, I want to get the biggest size on the extreme of the market. So when that pulls back net net, you know, you start to get in profit quicker. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a balls out way of trading. If you get it wrong, you get hurt. Um, but that's what I do. I don't teach people how to trade like me. I teach people to trade how they need to trade. And uh, if you want to kind of take the way I, I trade on, that's absolutely fine. But you have to be aware of, of the consequences. You know, when you're trading that kind of size, if you don't get the pullback or you don't get that kind of direction semi right, you're going to take a big loss. And I have absolutely taken some monster hits. But uh, as I say, on an average, you know, year to year, I've never lost in a year. And, and so, so okay, that's that's pretty cool. And, and and in terms of like what you were doing for the institutions when you were doing it or this uh, personal trader that, uh, sorry, this personal investor that you were trading for, was this the kind of thing you were doing? Or is this like, hey man, this is my own style. I'm just going to do what I want now. Or did you have to adjust? I mean, you were free to do whatever you wanted. I mean, everybody, nobody cares, you know, as long as you make money. Nobody asks any questions. Uh, it's when, you know, you, you lose money, people start to question it. So, I mean, as I said, you know, when I first started, you know, it was just a, a scalp, really. I didn't even average back then. I was just looking to get on the moves, get in out and bank the money. 
you know, very, very simple, uh, you know, kind of order flow, you know, kind of style of trader. And it's only, you know, as you grow up and, you know, you learn a bit more that, you know, you, you kind of how you want to, to trade changes. You know, as I say, I have to make a lot of money when I trade because otherwise, why am I sat there? You know, I just won't trade. I'll just go and do something else. I will never be a slave to the market. I will never be sat there in front of my screens for 10 hours a day. If I miss something, I miss something. You know what? Big deal. More to life. So when I'm in and I see something, that's it. All my focus, all my attention, my account is there to make me money. So I use as much of that account as I can on that trade, make that money, and I'm out and I'm done. You know, if I'm sat there in an hour, I generally know I'm fighting the markets and I'm wrong and I'm going to lose money. And if it's reasonable, I'll just get out. I'll just take the hit. I have no problem, you know, taking a, a you know, a five, 10, 20 grand hit and just pressing the button, walking away. Because what? What am I going to fight it for? You know, there's, you can always get worse. At the end of the day, you've got to have an amount of money that you're willing to walk away from at any point because that's just trading. You have to be able to walk away from it. If you don't, you're going to end up, you know, coming back to your screen every hour and it's like 20 grand can be 40 grand, could be 100 grand, could be 200 grand. I have done it. I don't do that anymore. Okay, I need to sleep at night. So I'm either in, I'm right, I'm making money, or I'm wrong, and I'm out. That's, that's how we do it. And, and how do, you, and do you have like sort of a fixed amount of your account, like in a, a percentage-based level that you go, right, if I hit that, I've obviously got this wrong, and, and yeah. I'm gone. I mean, and, and what would you see, say as an acceptable percentage for people to, to be putting at risk? Great question, great question. It's not one or two percent of your account like all the experts tell you, because that's just death by a thousand cuts. You'll never make any money. I think reasonably ten percent is is where you should be at as a retail trader. Listen, I'm happy to go in twenty, thirty, forty. When I'm in, I'm in. I'm I'm playing with open risk. You see, I'm not uh, I'm not going. You know, I never use stops, so it's never like I will try and make this and try and risk that. That's one dimensional. You put stops in the market, nine times out of 10, you're going to get hit. You know, we've all heard of, you know, set up, stop grabbers and all that kind of stuff. The market is designed to take that. So I tell me when I'm wrong, I have to have that mental strength. And don't get me wrong, you know, it can be living right on the edge of risk and what people think is acceptable. But that, that's where the magic happens, mate. You know, that, that's where it is. It's living on that, that open risk. You know, you could be 20 grand offside and in two minutes, you know, you're back to flat. It's like, yeah, all the little retail traders are scared out of the positions, and I'm sat there with a thousand lots going, here we go, boys. All right, far, go on, off you go. But then, as I say, you know, not greedy, not trying to get the entire move. You know, it's always knowing what your account is, having a rough idea of the percentage, the risk in what you want to make. And, you know, this is the difference, as I keep saying to you, you know, when you've got that kind of size on, you know, you see that big money flash up quickly, and it's like, yeah, you take it, you grab it, and you bank it. If you're just on small size and you're seeing your account flip between $10, $15 on side, $10, $15 off side, you don't care. What's $10, $15 to you? If that's 15000 wow, all of a sudden that's like, I can do something with that. That's yeah. good money. I'm going to take it. And this yeah. is the problem I have with people, you know, that they want to start with a small account, you know, like the, the, the magic number seems to be £5,000 and then they'll lose that because that's money they can afford to lose and then they'll do it five times. So I would say, well, why don't you put twenty five grand in the account And because that's money you don't want to lose, isn't it? You know, and it's like, oh, yeah, Steve, yeah, yeah, because you've just lost £5,000 each time because you're trying to do the same with £5,000 as you are with £25,000 and expecting a different result. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, that would save me some money. That I wish I should have talked to you earlier. It's like... Yeah, well, and I, I suspect this. I suspect it's like an issue of, like, if you start with a smaller account, and you know, you're going, well, I've got eight thousand pounds on the table, I'm going to take that off because I can do something with that. Whereas yep. smaller account traders are going, well, I've got like eighty bucks on the table, I can't do anything with that. It's not going to uh, a night out, maybe. That, so what, <laughs> why would I take that off the table? Like, I mean, it's not going to pay my mortgage, you know. Yep. So it does make a lot of sense now. Um, I mean, talking about like, you know, putting a thousand lots on and obviously working for big institutions, there must be some differences you've seen between the retail guys that have come on board and you've mentored and what the institutions are doing. I mean, can you give us some insight into the the different mindset and the different, uh, I suppose, way of operating on, on the market? Yeah, I mean, it's a time thing again, you know, uh, you, big hedge funds, institutions, you know, they can wait you out for an hour, they can wait you out for a day, they can wait you out for a week. Your average retail trader, as I say, you generally work into one or two percent risk, so they know that. So they push a market with for no reason. Then you know you're going to get the majority of people stopped out. It's just a different game. I mean, for me, what I teach people to do, you know, is, is use the institutional money. 
you know, it's great. You know that 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 you know when you get those these spikes in gold that we saw last night, that's a prime opportunity to sell because people are going to be locking in profit and that kind of stuff. But if you're the wrong side of it, gold's a monster product to trade. I mean, even I'm probably maxing out three four hundred lots, but you know that 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 gets your attention. You know, but that's the kind of trades I love because the quicker it goes, the more retail are out. You can pile in that big size as long as you keep going and hold your nerve. You know, generally, you know, that, that move will pull back. And again, you're not looking forever a fullback if you're looking maybe, you know, the 50% fib. But as I say, if you're averaging, you know, that kind of bigger size at the key levels that, you know, the banks also, you know, want to lock in some profit too. So, you know, they will get that, you know, that quick trade out, the market move and then might continue. But then, as I say, that isn't, any of my concern ever you're just looking for something in i only trade eight things so you're looking for one something to be out of whack something to be doing its own thing and generally if, if it's doing that and it's not correlating directly with everything else um then you know that it's an institutional squeeze so that's another trigger for me it's like institutions are in great expect the market the move to go two or three times more than it would do normally expect the retail traders to get stopped out they're going to take some profit but not all of it so don't be greedy get the profit when it's offered and that's that's how you trade that perfect example you know gold spikes up the dollars at the highs they're inversely correlated yeah dollar goes up gold should go down because it gets more expensive and it didn't so that to me is just screaming institutional push up bang sell sell high keep selling keep your nerve get your money out because yeah it might go another 20 30 bucks higher later in the day but you will get that pullback and what about, like you say, uh, just thinking about you know, scaling into the position, if it's going against you and all that sort of stuff. I mean, how often would you say that you'd get in with your first position and the market would go in the direction and you're out with 40 lots in this case? And, and you're like, well, okay, well, it's already gone. It's, I'm not going to be able to scale in and get all my other, other 960 lots on. <laughs> how do you do that? How does that work and how often does that happen? It, it happens, mate. Yeah, that's just part of trading. That's called a good trade, apparently, uh, when it just does exactly what you think. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what can you do? You know, it's this this is where you start with at least forty lots. You've got something, you know. So yeah, it's not starting off with one lot again. So yeah, I mean, it's uh, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, mate. You know, it's you've got to just take the rough with the smooth. It's uh, and is there something for you like that? You you go, oh, that's are you upset or you know or not upset? But are you sort of like a bit gutted or? versus it going against you and giving you that sort of negative drawdown and then going, I'm going to go again, I'm going to go again until I get my 1,000 on. Is that something you're sort of going, oh, it's been a crap day in the markets? or I'm just too long in the tooth. I don't have any emotion in the markets at all, ever. You know, you, you expect to take pain. That's part of your job. And if you don't get pain, it's it's just a bonus. You don't make as much money necessarily. But, hey, you know, that's just that's just it. You know, I am... I am Zen. I am emotionless in the markets. I, I don't care. Whatever it does, it does. Whatever I miss, I miss. You know, I don't sit sit here, you know, like when I first started trading, you know, in a, in a horrible, but, you know, you can't control it, but looking for big global events to happen that shake up the markets. Don't want them anymore. Don't want anything. Just want to be able to trade how I trade. If I see something, I hit it, and I hit it hard if I can, and if I don't. I will just walk away. You know, I'm not, as I say, I'm not tied to the screens. You know, I have a, a good setup. I have a good routine of when I check the markets, you know, always have the phone. If I see something, you know, I check my eight things. I'm like, ah, yeah, I'll see that. I'll go and sit at the screen. If I'm ready, I think something's happening, give it everything I've got, and then I'm out. And that, that's, that's how I do it, you know. So maybe I check the, the charts every half an hour throughout the day. And, you know, if I'm going to do a long session at night, you know, I'll, I'll check them. But I never sit in front of the screens all the time because that, gives you you know there's too many opportunities then just to kind of when you have got you know a big account too many opportunities to trade so you, you have to see something something has to trigger you know be it a technical or read some piece of news and i'm thinking yeah something might happen in that and then i'm, I'm, I'm in i'm looking at everything you know my eight correlated charts and then i'm, I'm going to hit something if i find if i sit there all day and look at the, the the charts there'll be a boredom trade and i don't have that same aggression necessarily where i think yeah this is the trade i'm having it thousand lots thank you you know and that's when i know that i'm just playing at it when i'm just clipping like 10 15 lots and watching things it's like it's just not worth your time go and do yeah. go and do anything else yeah and i mean so just think about what you said earlier on like you know not trading with a stop loss now i've had a few guys on the show that don't trade with stop losses yeah and ironically these are the ones that tend to take the most amount of money out of the market funnily enough on a regular basis like every single month now what do you first couple of things with the guys that come through your uh, your mentorship and your training do you advise them to use a stop loss to start off with 
And uh, number two is, actually, I don't know if there's a number two. That's, that's the main one <laughs> I want to sort of work out. And, and what I suppose, yeah, what do you say to people that, that like, sort of go, oh, hang on a sec, that's not the right way to trade? I mean, listen, there's no right or wrong way to trading. Uh, you know, th- this is the beauty of it. You know, we all see the markets how we see them, and we all have the right to trade however we want. I mean, it generally comes down to the risk appetite and the kind of trade that they are, and that's my job to kind of figure people out. And I say, listen, if you want to, you know, have a set amount of risk, then absolutely use a stop. No problem at all. Uh, it, 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 it's good. Uh, but I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, trade with stops because they don't want to spend time in front of the screens. They want to kind of come back and it's either stopped out or they've made lots of money or, well, not lots of money necessarily, lots of movement. Whereas I'm saying your job is to analyze that trade because, you know, it for me, it's like, yeah, the market will make you want to get out of positions. And if you've got a stop, you don't have a choice. The market gets you out. So you, how many times did you hear, you know, on the, on the different interviews you've done, oh, you know, I got stopped out for a pip. Always get stopped out for a pip. It's just like, yeah, well, that's because you've got to stop it. And the market knows everything. So it obviously knows where your stop is. That's its job. So I don't have a stop in. So it doesn't know where my stop is because it doesn't exist. So it's how much, how much information do you want to give the market? How much of that edge do you want to give away? And have you got the mental discipline to get out, as I said before, you know, with the amount of money or a percentage or just knowing that you're wrong, just be able to press that button and get out. So some traders can do it. Some traders can't. So you use the tools we have. So, yeah, I don't... Uh, I don't say to people that you can't use stops. You absolutely can. If that's what you want to do, then absolutely fine. I'm just saying personally, I don't. And uh, what, uh, this question is purely personal in terms of <laughs> I want to find out myself. So what do you do from, like, we're in New Zealand, which isn't mm-hmm. the, you know, it's completely the opposite from the rest of the world in terms of time zones and stuff. You trade the DAX. I mean, how do you, when do you trade to get the, a good move with DAX or whatever other instrument, gold, et cetera? I mean, you know, from our perspective, it's really kind of, you know, seven o'clock at night onwards. So it works out quite well, really. That's bath time, bedtime for my daughter. And then, you know, I've got, you know, a few hours to sit down with the wife, have some tea, you can check the charts. And if I want to go into the office, go into the office. So you've really got, I mean, even if, you know, you're not a particular night out, you've still got four or five hours really to trade. And, you know, there will be something happening in those eight markets. Uh, and if there's not, then again, it's just, you know, you reset, go back to another day. Um but yeah, you do miss moves. Don't get me wrong. You know, you miss like the uh, the US Opens, and you know, unless you want to stay up for the, the non-fan payrolls, you know, etc. But I'm less interested in that. I'm less interested in non-fan payrolls. You know, I haven't traded it really personally for years now. Um, I just don't see the point. It's just it's just a punt. It doesn't mean anything anymore. It's irrelevant. So um, yeah, I mean, I, because I'm only looking for certain you know setups and types of movement, and generally speed of movement. They, you know, I, I still you know I look how a candle's made, how it's formed. Uh, so when, um, you know, you see, uh, it, it's not even like any kind of, you know, technical analysis. You know, I, I know all the names like everybody else does and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, I'm looking for a particular type of movement and a particular formation of candles. And that's what excites me. That's what I know I can make some money from. And then I wrap everything else around it, like the Fibonacci and, you know, try and convince myself that, oh, yeah, this is happening because of this. And, oh, yes, well, that's happening because of that. It's like, no, that kind of movement I've seen before. I know if I stick a load of sides in, I do my kind of the right kind of averaging, and I'm aggressive and put my sides in in the right way, I generally make money from that kind of move. And that's just what I do. You know, I'm not doing anything else. I'm not trying to understand what the Fed are doing. I'm not trying to understand, you know, what Elon Musk wants the world to do. You know, I'm just looking for a certain type of movement and speed of movement. And I know with my strategy that generally 80 percent of the time i can make some money or at least be able to get out uh, and not take a monster hit and you mentioned they're aggressive like in terms of being an aggressive trader i mean do you think it's important to be aggressive from an emotional standpoint but obviously not cocky i mean i'm talking aggressive as in you know i'll i'll put multiple positions on in very you know rapid succession uh, I'm not sat here beating my screen up and you know running around like a lunatic as i said i'm pretty zen these days you know i don't i don't have that much emotion i don't care i just don't care enough you know it's either lose money or make money whatever you know i've got enough i'm fine so uh yeah the, the aggression is not really the, the it's, it's so tough you see because back on the floor the aggression you know like when everyone's you know shouting and you know kind of the open outcry pits aggression was good but these days you know aggression is bad it's your enemy it's always the guys you know that that you know uh, there's one particular guy called sam that i met and uh, he was on the course and um, I was like, yeah, you're a cool guy. You know, I was like, yeah, man, international school and, you know, my flip flops. And we met a few years later and I think he'd made about 10 million quid. 
And I was thinking to myself, this guy's never going to make it. He's not got, he's not got the you know, <laughs> aggression, the, you know, the ambition like me, and he absolutely smashed it. And it's like, oh, yeah, I need to take a leaf out of his book then. And that's really when, you know, I stopped, you know, being on the trading floors because they're quite, uh, you know, listen, mate, I'm up for anything. You know, I've done the Wolf of Wall Street stuff. You know, I've done, I've done it. I've literally all that stuff. I've done it. And that's what these traders are, young, rich, lunatics. And I was like, yeah, it was good fun. But I wasn't making the money I wanted. It wasn't giving me back what I wanted. And that's when I kind of turned it all its head. I cut all the costs down. I started trading, doing my own charting software and just, you know, kind of making money the way I wanted to do in my surroundings. And that that's really what propelled me on to success was just being on my own, um, being away from all that kind of, you know, glory and madness. And, and so uh, jumping back into a chart, I mean, when you when you jump on the charts, do you like, what time frames are you analyzing? Always look at the hourly. So I'm always looking at the hourly charts. That gives me the best overall picture of what things going to happen for the day. And then generally when I'm actually trading, I'll just because all my charts are set up, I just flick onto a different profile and I have the hourly uh, 15 minute, five minute. So I can, you know, kind of see how that move's being made up. Um, and that's, that's really kind of what helps me. Because again, being a scalper, you know, little basic things like counting green candles when they close in the five minutes, when they're going your way, will give you the confidence to stay in till there's a red candle close. You know, these little tiny, tiny, tiny tricks and tips that I've kind of picked up over 20 years, they're all visual clues. Because, yeah, I mean, when you're in the moment and you've got that big size on, you know, you're just sat there, bang, hand on mouse. I've got a big red close all button. So it all get, gets out at the same uh, yeah, time. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, I'm ready. I'm like, you know, I'm waiting for that. When do I get out? When's the market going to take my money from me? I'm, you know, almost like, you know, it's like you're paranoid. It's like, you know, when, what's enough, what's enough, what's enough. And that's all I'm cycling through looking, you know, confirmation, confirmation, still going, still going. Right. Bang. Out. Because if you wait, yeah, that market can pull back. And all of a sudden you're 20 grand on side. You bang, you only take 10 grand out of a trade. You give 50% away because you, 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 you're too slow. So it's getting out before the market has an opportunity to that. That, that bit, taking the profit the first time it's offered. That's where the magic happens in trading because you can always go again. But if you don't, you, you know, because you, you, like you've been 20 grand on side, the market just goes, no, I'll take all that. And you're like, right, well, I want that 20 grand pack. Markets don't work that way. There's no second chances. Yeah. There's no mulligans. There's no gimmies. So then you've got to wait, and then it's a different trade, and then you, you know what it could be, but you've lost it. And it's like, oh, well, oh and I've got to stay. And then you try to justify it. It's a different trade. Well, is that trade, trade still good? And oh, I'm offside now. I was 20 grand on side, now I'm losing 10. It's like, oh, I really can't lose 10. And it's like, that's what people start to, you know, people start to flap, and people start to kind of, you know, really kind of, you know, panic sex into the trading. Whereas I'm, I've got clear ideas of when it is enough. And it's not just the money or the percentage or the round numbers. Again, it's looking for that, that, that style of movement and how the candles, you know, forming. It's, it's, again, it's quite a personal thing. You know, it's very visual, but it, it's backed up with just a lot of, you know, a lot of trading time, you know, a lot of, a lot of you know, effort and time went into kind of perfecting how I interact with the markets. And that's what I, well, why I'm a better trader than some people is because I understand me. I understand mm. how the markets make me feel. So I don't have to be the smartest. I don't have to be the best at technical analysis. I understand me. Okay. And that's what I try and, you know, kind of really help traders with. Because until you understand yourself, you know, you, you, you're never going to have a chance of consistently beating the markets because it's just, there's just, there's just too much competition in that. And are you able to find a trade every single day? I mean, you can always find a trade, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, it's, uh, every, every, no, everyone that's traded knows that it's addictive. And, you know, if you've got size to throw around, you know, phew, it's, it's a good feeling when you win and, you know, it's, it's not great when you lose, but it's part of the job, but you can always find the trade. But yeah, for me again, quite disciplined these days. So I would generally have in my kind of mind's eye, an idea of, you know, again, selling gold. Well, the, the basic mantra is I'm looking at my charts right now is to buy dips in the DAX. Uh, short-term dips because, well, it's a 10-year trend. Okay, gold, uh, I sell any kind of, you know, out-of-the-ordinary spike because I don't really think it's a good, you know, use of, you know, kind of hedging, you know, in this this ultra, you know, kind of quantitative easing, you know, uh, world we're in. But that's just my personal opinion. So I'll just sell gold high. And then that's it, euro-dollar selling high because they're going to have zero rates forever. Um, buy dips in the dollar yen because um, it's the world's currency and they're going to you know, have to put rates up because inflation. And the pound really is just on the hangover from Brexit and COVID and everything else. It's still a cheap currency. You know, it, it's still, uh, you know, it's been battered in it, which way from the other. But, um, you know, I think it's just a good dip buying opportunity. But then again, you know, if you, if you try and buy the dips at the minute, you know, we're at the bottom of uh, the range. 
But so again, it's not just having that idea and then trading something because that's your idea. It's how that move is formed. So again, I'm looking for that speed. So I love fast, you know, spikes up in gold. And I'm like, yeah, quick, 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 you know, in, 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 and get as much size as you can when it's, you know, the greenest it can. And then you know it's going to pull back. So I'm, I'm out even before that next red five, 15 minute candle might print. I'm out. And this is the difference what people understand with scalping is it's it's that time. You know, you're, you're in, you're out. You, you're planning to get out, you know, b- before you even think about, you know, the reasons why you're in. And it only really works with big size because unless you've got that big size on, like you see, it might cost me, you know, in spreads like a couple of thousand to put a trade on. So you're always down. And then if you get it wrong a little bit, a little bit more pain, it's like, oh, offside, offside. And it's like all of a sudden, bang, and it's right to that zero. And it's like, well, here we go. How much money? How much money? And that first time, it's like, bang, bang, bang. It's like, right, out. And that's it. You've taken your pain. You've just done it all very quickly. You've done a normal trade, what normal people would do. You've just done it very, very quickly. And that's the absolute definition of a scalp. You're in and you're out. And this is what I'm saying. People don't do that because you'd have to do it on a small account with small amounts of money, you know, multiple times a day to make it pay. I don't. I've kind of combined everything into one little package. And that's what I do. And that's Again, that's, that's how I trade. It's it's not how I teach people necessarily to trade, but that's how I personally trade. Now, I suppose that's why like a lot of people that are, you know, are in a trade, and they're, they're the opposite guy, they're the retail trader going, why is it pulling back here? What's going on? And it's because the likes of you are taking you know the 1,000 lots off the table, and the whole market's going, no, 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 we're out of here. We're going to pull back and possibly go back and take stops out and, and, and then move on. I mean, did you do you use stops at all? Like, do you even trail a stop? You just close all and bang, you're done. Done, mate. I, I This is the control thing. I'm a control freak as well. So uh, I have to control everything. So I want to press that button and I want to get that money out for the money I think. And, you know, sometimes, yo, well, it might take, you know, a minute to, to close, you know, when you've got multiple, multiple positions on. And sometimes that works in your favor. Sometimes it works against you. But what what can you do? You know, it's all just part of, of the game. You know, it's with big, big size comes big rewards and, you know, big risk, I guess. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just, I, I have to be in control of everything. So I have to be in control of how much size I put on, you know, what I'm in the trade for. And then getting out has to be my decision. So I don't want, you know, like I said, because it might, you might be aiming for this level. And then, you know, it might just be one pip away. And you're like, right, okay, well, it's just going to get to here and let's see what happens. And then bang, it comes down. Because as you say, people taking their money off the table, taking the other side even. And then you've given away, you know, a, a large chunk of your profit. So for me, it's kind of I'm anticipating where it's going to get to and getting out before it gets to that point. So again, it's a lot of, you know, I mean, just transfixed. I mean, when I'm in the trade and I've stopped averaging and I know I'm, 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 in, I'm in it, you know, I'm looking at the P&L. Because that's what's real, you see. Because that's what, again, what other people don't understand is, you know, when you're trading on any platform, you're not seeing the real market. So they might be doing this here, but your P&L might not be moving. It's like, you know, because not everything is as it seems all over yeah. the world. So what I'm looking at is my money in my account that I can get out at a specific point in time. And that's all I look at. I just focus purely on watching the numbers going up and down. You even see patterns. I don't want to send to Rain Man here, but you even see patterns in how your P&L moves. Because when you have big size, it yeah. actually moves in, in, in different increments. You know, And when you see that pattern of it moving and going on side, I'm like, right, well, I don't need to see what the chart's doing, but I know another two more increments of that amount, that's probably a good time to get out. So I'm watching, watching, take that money. And I'm taking the money that I see, not looking at the chart. Yeah. That's really interesting, eh? Because I, I don't know how many traders I've had on the show that have said, "Don't look at your P and L." So <laughs> quite different, quite different. And so uh, on the opposite side of the coin, how many trades would you take in a session, uh, an evening session? I mean, it, it varies. You know, when you're scalping like this, you know, and you, you know that nonsense, getting in the zone. You know, that just means you're making money. But making money, I'm happy to, you know, maybe go for some, you know, less kind of, you know, good setup trades. You know, because I like playing with profit. And, you know, there's nothing better than, you know, kind of getting a couple of trades on the bounce and then, you know, going back in and, like, you know, going even bigger size. So, uh, I mean, listen, I, I can do 20 trades in a session. I can do one trade in a session. I cannot trade for weeks on end. Um, it, it really just depends what's happening, what mood I'm in. Um, you know, I'm always there to make money. So there's money there to be, you know, to be had. I'm, I'm, I can be strapped in for a couple of hours. That's fine. You know, I'm not lazy. It's just that there has to be a certain setup. And for me, you know, 90% of my money is made, you know, in a, in a couple of sessions. Uh, and when I'm at it, you know, I'm, I'm trading well, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got the size on. And sometimes, you know, 
I, I let my my rules slide a little bit. You know, it's in, you know, in my world, I make the rules. I can do whatever I like. You know, I don't have to justify anything to anyone. So it's like, you know, if I, if I see that 10 grand on side, I think I've got more to squeeze out of that. Now I'll, I'll let it run a little bit and then maybe it comes back and then it goes. That's a 20 grand trade. It's like, yeah, well, you know, Steve, roughly. I can do whatever I want. You know what I mean? It's like, this is it. You know, this is what, what power you have as a trader when you have that kind of, you know, confidence and control over what you do. You know, it's your rules. It's your game. I'm not dictated to by the market anymore. You know, I can, I can take it, be all in, or I can be, you know, I can leave it and be all out. Now, I'm going to ask one more question, and because, uh, guys, listening to the show, if you have questions for Steve that you want to ask, what we're going to do is get them on in the future and answer a whole bunch of questions and release those on the channel so you guys will be able to actually come and uh, see your question answered. So we'll work out a way to do that, but probably leave a comment in the YouTube or on Trading Nut somewhere. Now, um, last question of the show before we sort of do a little bit of a wrap-up, what thinking about a mindset traders mindset do you have any sort of like tips or stuff that you share with your the clients that you're mentoring and and say hey look you know to try and get your mindset right here's what i suggest you do yeah i mean as i've explained really throughout the uh the interview minutes um it, it is all mental i mean all you're doing is clicking a button that's it you know there's no physical you know kind of advantage to being a big tough guy in the markets and it's really you know understanding what you want to get out of trading okay what i want to get out of trading might not necessarily be what other people do and people might say i'm, I'm sure the comments will be i'm arrogant or i take too much risk or whatever don't care not interested you know i don't care what people think about me you know and that's how i've become the trader i am i don't care what the market thinks about me i don't look at what other people do i don't necessarily trust what anybody else says because why would i you know, I don't just ring up Warren Buffett and go, oh, man, what, what stocks are you buying? Oh, Steve, yeah, I'm going to buy these. Yeah, so get on them. It's like, the world doesn't work that way. Everybody's out to get you. And I'm not like some conspiracy theorist where, you know, I've got my tinfoil hat on. I'm just like, every bit of news you read or everything out there seems to be this way, you know, to, to make you think something for someone else's gain. So it's like, I'm just pure bullshit filter. Don't agree with that. That's interesting. No, it's not that I know more than everybody else. Listen, I've written a book. I've written for the Financial Times, Bloomberg. You know, I'm a pretty smart guy. But it's like I only know that the way to make money for me is controlling my emotion and getting, you know, my process in the market. And that's getting size in. That's knowing when to get out. And it's knowing when, you know, you've had a good session and walk away, not trying to get too much out of it. So always what I'm saying to people is like, what do you want to get out of it? Because, you know, people come to me and it's like, yeah, I've got a great mindset. And, you know, uh, you know listen, I've got stories, mate. I've got stories. I had this one woman who used to call herself a different name when she was trading the markets because she put on a different persona. She was a surgeon by day, and then by night she was Susan or something, the, 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 the <laughs> trader. And that's how she got herself in the mindset. Listen, man, I've had everything. I've had everything thrown at me, and I've met every character uh, that there is to know in trading. And, and really, again, what it boils down to for me to help people is to say, so almost like going to a doctor. It's like, oh, so what's wrong with you? And they say this. It's like, no, come on. What's really wrong? What are you really thinking? And I've got to get inside their head because everyone wants to tell me, oh, yes, I'm very, very good at risk, Steve. Yeah, and I only want to lose a thousand pounds. And it's like, speaking to them the next day, it's like, so how's that risk going? Yeah, I lost 10,000 pounds. So it's like, <laughs> how? Well, I didn't stick to my risk. It's like, okay, well, you said that was one point you were good at. Yeah, I was. And then it did something I didn't like. And then it went against me and I just kept going. It's like, yeah, okay, well, we, something we can work on, a bit of honesty. At the end of the day, you know, I've made every mistake. I've tried everything, you know, uh, in the trading kind of, uh, you know, rule books to, to, to try to throw out and whatever. And I've just found what works for me. And that, again, is just certain small setups, putting that kind of Fibonacci around it and knowing me and knowing that my only aim is to make money out of that trade. And I'm uh, just repeating it. That's, that's what I do. I just repeat the same thing. So trading for me isn't, you know, there's still a bit of a buzz there, but it's, it's, it's still, you know, it's still a job. I sit there. And I want to get paid for my time. I just want to get paid more than most people. <laughs> that, that's it. Cool. Well, look, uh, we're going to jump into a, a very short quick fire round yeah. uh, just to wrap the show up. And then we'll find out how to get hold of Steve and uh, let you guys know that you, where you can go and post those questions. Now, so how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? I would say a year. But then that comes back to that whole idea of learning the business of trading. You know, I made a lot of money very quickly, but then, you know, I spent a, uh, you know, a good amount of time giving it back because I got addicted to the big win. Uh, and that's all I could do. So that's something I had to train myself out. So, yeah, about a year to be consistently profitable. And then I'd say to make the kind of money that I was, was interested in probably took another year 
So this again is the difference. You see, it's um, it, it's a journey. You know, you don't just get rich trading. People think you do, but you don't really. It's if you want to be consistently rich and consistently make that money, it does take a little bit of time. Uh, what's your recommended trading book or resource? I mean, obviously, the Rough Guide to Trading is probably the best book ever written on trading. But uh, what's, what's it about? <laughs> what's this? Can you give us like a, t- a two-second summary or two-minute yeah. summary? I mean, it's uh, I was approached by uh, Harriman House, which are a very famous uh, UK independent publish, uh, publisher, and they just said, "Do you want to write?" You know, we watched, like I was doing a lot of webinars at the time, and I uh, said, "Yeah, I can write a book." So it's basically my eighty-twenty rule of trading that the markets move eighty percent of the time. Uh, with technical analysis and then 20% of the time with fundamental analysis, then it's really about my my love affair with Fibonacci and how I can pretty much understand any market movement with Fibonacci. And, you know, it's it's just such a great, great, simple tool if if you know how to kind of draw it onto uh, to your charts. So, yeah, I mean, it's just about that. It's not really kind of any anecdotal stuff about my wild younger days and, uh, and anything. It's just a very good book about how you get started the kind of strategies you should look at risk management which you know is something that people just don't pay any attention to even if it's you know just like i will stop at this amount of money i'll stop that people if you don't have some framework then you know you're going to end up in in trouble with these markets you're just going to end up offside in something that you can't get back from and that's what kills traders you know they'll, they'll, they'll make the money they'll think they know they've cracked it and then they'll just have one trade just let it go way offside they'll lose 50 percent of the count that's it you've lost all your momentum you lost all your confidence and you're doomed you know it's it's just it's just you know you know that that 50 percent is just gone it's going the rest of the account so yeah it's it, it's just a, a good all all-round book about just basically uh, my views on and how you approach training in the markets. Cool. Well, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, Thanks. Last question here. Well, actually, two more. What's um, your preferred broker and trading platform? I think you've mentioned. Yeah, I'm MT4. I'm old school. Uh, you know, not even interested in, in trying to learn MT5. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm an old dog. And, you know, I think for the simplicity and the way I've it set up, it is just books perfectly for me. You know, I trade through Black Bull because, you know, they're a good set of guys. I uh, have a lot of money there. So, uh, you know, trust for me is, is always a big thing. And, uh, you know, being in New Zealand and then, then being in Auckland, they're only a couple of hours away. So that, that's, that's good. That gives me the reassurance. And I've also got a good team around me, though. You know, I don't, you know, this is the whole thing when you're, you're at my level and, you know, you come to my mentoring. You know, you don't just get customer service. You know, you get your own account manager. You get access to me. And if I don't like it, I can, you know, I can speak to the owner directly. So this is, this is when you move in the big boy world. You know, you get the big boy perks. So that, that, that's been nice and they did they throw a good party as well we had a few good uh, good nights out with the lads that's always nice as well cool hey folks you ever wonder what broker i use well i use hanko trade it was a no-brainer because i was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage now by joining hanko trade i've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just one dollar per 100k you can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link i've put in the description now if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice what would it be Wow. And that's like the, the bombshell question, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. It's understand yourself, you know, really be honest with yourself, you know, hold yourself up to a mirror and say, what do I really want out of trading? You know, what do I really think I can do? And then put a framework around that. And if you're struggling doing that, yeah, sure. Speak to someone like me, but you've got to go into these markets with a plan. You know, it, it doesn't have to be war and peace. It can be a basic plan, but if you don't have a plan, you will never succeed in trading. You will, or you'll never get to that consistency in trading. That's so, so important. Awesome. Well, look, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? I mean, just Google Steve Roughly. Uh, you know, there's, there's plenty on Google. You know, you can speak to me directly on Skype. Everything's just my name. So it's Steve at steveruffley.com. It's Steve Roughly on Skype. Uh, if you tap Steve Roughly into Google, I must have about 25 pages. So if you can't get hold of me somehow, you're not trying hard enough. Cool. Awesome. Well, look, um, guys, do remember, what, put a, put, a quick, put your questions in the uh, comments on anything or DM me your questions or put them in the, uh, uh, just email them to me, whatever it is. We're going to do a little series where Steve's going to answer your questions. And I haven't gone through all the regular questions I ask here. So we've had a great 54 minutes of uh, Steve answering and telling us what he does and how he trades. So it's been fantastic. But um, to find everything, guys, head over to tradingnut.com, search for Steve in the search box there, and uh, you'll find links to his book and uh, in the show notes as well. And uh, yeah, look, until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, so there we have it. Now, do remember, 
uh, we did shoot a video after this where Steve actually breaks down his uh, what he does on a chart, talks about how he gets in and out of trades. You're going to see that on a price chart, so it's a real sort of treat for you guys there. Uh, and also, it's his live account as well, so we actually talk about a bit of transparency around the live account there. So you've got to check that out, guys. You're going to get to see his actual trades on that live account so real treat jump over there onto the youtube channel to check that out uh last but not least we got the genius trader just a reminder that is coming out so stay tuned for that the december bot is coming out i don't know what the name is i think it's called the happy single ea or happy single bot so that's coming out in the robot builders club this december so stay tuned for that video as well and we'll yeah we'll see you over there on youtube all right guys thanks for listening